Welcome back to the Get Smart With Money podcast. I'm your host, Dana Hernandez. I was born and raised in the San Francisco Bay Area and worked at a grocery store for almost 10 years. Back then, I didn't know what I should have been doing with the money I was making, but if I had, things would be a lot different for me. Luckily, being a financial planner now in life, I'm getting myself on track, and now I'm on a mission to help others get ahead financially too. I know the struggles, and I'm in this with you. Thank you, and enjoy the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the show. Today, I have a very special guest. Her name is Enos Carroll, and she is a love alchemist. Hi, Enos. Welcome today. Thank you. Lovely to be here. Yes, you too. So what exactly do you mean by love alchemist? So I help women who are looking for love to um, trace all of their different blocks, whether energetic or mindset related, and transmute all of them. So they can attract love from a place of, um, I would say, true desire and not need, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what kind of people do you mostly say you work with? So, so far I've been working with a lot of single women who, and, you know, they... Most of them have been through traumatic experiences, whether in their childhood or romantic relationships. And they feel this desire to attract someone, but they feel this uh, protective need to stay in their shell. So they have like one foot into uh, breaking out of their shell and another foot inside their shell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I pretty sure I'm pretty sure I know what you're talking about there. <laughs> yeah. uh, I used to have a friend who would do that all the time. She would make jokes about serious stuff that happened in her life or just something that she obviously would be sad about in a relationship that she was in or something. And she would always, always laugh about it, make it into a joke and stuff. Um, it was... Yeah. Interesting how people can do that. <laughs> we did discuss like uh, numbing shields. Mm-hmm. So, it's, and most of the women I work with who uh, have gone through traumatic experiences, and then they laugh about these traumatic experiences, have something called numbing shields around their heart, uh, because a lot of women don't feel it's safe for them to fully feel their feelings. So they laugh about their feelings and they laugh about the traumatic experiences. And it's when, you know, they're ready to allow themselves to go deep into that pain and allow that pain to just come to the surface to be fully experienced. You know, then they'll just live with these shields. And it's not just numbing the pain. It's keeping people away. Yeah. So when someone has these numbing shields, you know, um, when someone in their life tries to be nice to them and like even if they attract someone and that someone is loving it's really hard for them to open up their hearts and allow like all of that love to come in so there's a part of them that will be quite resistant to allowing any love to come in yeah yeah it's kind of how she was i could see that yeah um 
and, and I've been through it myself as well. I've been, I met my husband in my late 30s. And, um, <laughs> you know, I talk, I talk about my dating life as well, you know, in my Instagram and with my friends and uh, people I coach. And it seems like I've dated a lot. I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> like, I haven't been out there just dating, you know, random people. But for some reason, I've, I've dated really... Uh, or I've attracted really strange experiences. <laughs> like I've been, I've been initiated into this work, you know, for years. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, some of it is funny, and like it's funny now, but it wasn't funny when you know I was going through it. But then, uh, like I've, I had the numbing shields. I had um, like a period of time when I felt like I need to find someone you know just at least to shut my mom up (laughs) (laughs) or you know like I'll die alone and you know this so you know it like I'm done with men and and I'm done with this whole thing so a lot of women in this journey would gravitate towards one or the other you know Uh you know shutting people out or um, another phase where they're kind of desperate um None of these states is really great. <laughs> no, it's it's best to be available, definitely. Yeah, and it, it's best to be open. So, you know, I I had this client. She's absolutely incredible. We worked on, she wanted to attract love. And actually, when we finished the process, she's like, actually, I'm not looking for someone she said I was like she said what my son needed was just healing okay and I thought I needed that healing from like a man to come into my life and heal me but now that we've gone through this process I realize I don't need a man I just need to find that connection you know to what I call God divine source you know like the creator of our soul and once she developed that relationship she realized yeah, that's enough. <laughs> um, awesome. Yeah, and sometimes, you know, going through this journey, um, it's great when you find someone you can resonate with, but that someone could be you. Yeah. In the end. <laughs> In the end. And actually, yeah, and actually the ultimate goal is to connect with yourself first. And then when you show up to a relationship, you are full and complete. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you don't need someone to come. You know, the 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 thing I hate most from all of the movies is when Tom Cruise um, told in in Jerry Maguire. You know, he told her that you complete me. Uh-huh. And I was like, no, she doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, she, and she's not supposed to. You're supposed to come into this relationship complete. Yeah, and she's supposed to be complete, and then the two of you uh, complement each other, and you just it becomes a partnership. Yeah, basically. But any relationship where you know someone is reliant on someone else and just like need them to become a better person, I think would be lacking in in something. Yeah, a lot of people think they need a a person to help heal them from their past traumas or fix things that have gone wrong. And then they just end up attracting the same type of person 
So yeah, it is really important to fix yourself first and be okay, you know, be whole again before you enter into any kind of relationship because it's fair, you know, it's fair to do that because if you're entering into a relationship and this person is whole and good and you're not, that's not fair (laughs) to the other person. Absolutely. And, you know, the the interesting thing about energy work as well is, you know, like attracts like. Mm-hmm. And, and and for a lot of spiritual women, it's, it's, it's not what they think, they, you know, it is. So like attracts like in terms of vibration. A lot of women in this spiritual realm or spiritual journey, they look for men who are spiritually inclined. And they dismiss a lot of men who are you know they're amazing men but they're not they could be open but they're not spiritually inclined but they still these men find a way to come into this relationship healed without going through the same work (laughs) right go through so so everyone's journey into becoming whole is completely different like my husband is has his own uh way of connecting and he doesn't like to talk about it. And, you know, like when I was discussing breath work with him, he's like, I need someone to teach me to breathe. <laughs> <laughs> I, I tried to explain that, you know, it's it's not what you think. And he's like, yeah, you know, you you can do all the breathing you want. I'm not interested. <laughs> and it's fine. He's just it's not for him and it's perfectly OK. And uh, one of the mistakes a lot of women in this um like spiritual journey and the journey to heal themselves. I think one of the mistakes they make is they're looking for their exact match in terms of everything. And they don't realize um, it doesn't work that way. You know, yeah. men and women are completely different. Yeah. And it's, it's, yeah, it's vibration. It's what you bring to the table. It's, you know, it's, you know, I believe uh, relationships are built on friendship, you know, even romantic relationships. Mm-hmm. If you can't be friends with this person, it, you know, it it will be a challenging relationship because yeah. you know, um, passion and um, you know, like chemistry would at one point fade, and it will. Not everyone is in the mood for you know the the, the candles and the flowers and <laughs> those things. That, your old yeah. time mm-hmm. and you know like five years ten years into the relationship you just want to watch tv with someone yeah have a cup of tea and just i don't know you know just be just you hang out yeah be you with your person exactly and and you the best person you can be with is someone you have uh, a genuine friendship with mm-hmm. and i think a lot of like i i I'm not a big fan of romantic comedies because I think they give the wrong message to oh, yeah. a lot of women. <laughs> and I, I, I'm quite cynical of, you know, these uh, romantic comedies because when I watch the plot, I'm like, yeah, that doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> That's not healthy. You know, it's not healthy to teach these women these things. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even like Bridget Jones, for instance, I'd be reviewing Bridget Jones. <laughs> and... Um, yeah, I, I love that character. You know, have have you seen the the, the movie? 
Bridget Jones Not, Diary? I actually don't think that I have. It's been um, out for like ever, but yeah, yeah, it's just one movie I just haven't seen. It's also a romantic comedy and I don't really do those too much. No. They're pretty, um, pretty damn corny. <laughs> so they are corny. But Bridget Jones is a mess, and I think that's why I love her. <laughs> Yeah, she's 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 a mess throughout the whole movie, and, <laughs> and you know she makes these mistakes, but then she perseveres and she does her best and she tries and she works on herself. Uh, but then, and then she gets into a relationship with her boss. I'm not trying to ruin the movie. <laughs> <laughs> she gets into a toxic relationship. You know, she you experience the heartache with her. Uh, through his, her journey but then she gets into a relationship with someone else who you know who the the person they call mr darcy okay who looks like this you know like looks like a movie star and it's like all posh and all of those things and uh like i'm looking at the dynamics and how you know things progress and i'm like yeah that doesn't happen <laughs> <laughs> And to, you know, teach women or for women to expect that, you know, you just out of nowhere, this posh person who is, um, you know, ticks a lot of boxes for what women perceive to be the, the perfect man. Yeah, it doesn't really happen that way. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, if you fall into this trap thinking, you know, um, if you wait long enough, like this magical person will come into your life and everything will be perfect it's just it's not you know a great message to the women and um, and I think one of the reasons women don't work enough you know on themselves to attract love is they think you know one day it will happen and it's, it's, it's just you know like uh, it's like the right time at the right place yeah like it's inevitable yeah and it's Quite ironic because women, you know, now we work on, if I want a job and work very hard to get that job, I will look at, you know, I will look at companies. What do, like, I'm, if I want to be a finance director, I would look at the CV of a finance director. What's desirable for a company to hire a finance director? And then I'll get that degree. I'll get the training. I'll get, you know, I'll get all the boxes ticked. And then I'll apply for the job. Yeah, and then I work on myself to be more and more appealing, and it's it's similar. It's the same thing in most fields of life. So even with love itself, it's the same thing. So and I'm not saying you know be appealing to men, <laughs> 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 because that's you know it's what's appealing anyway and what's attractive anyway. It's it's a big spectrum of different things, but you know to. To be able to attract healthy, nurturing relationships that resonate with someone and makes them feel, um, how can I, you know, what's the right word? Like makes them feel, you know, being with the right person feels like home. You know, it's not a lot of effort, you know. You, yeah, uh, it shouldn't be that hard. <laughs> it shouldn't be that hard, you know. You just tell them, well, you know, you need to take a shower. <laughs> <laughs> And, and you do that with a friend. You do that with someone you resonate with, you know. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like finding that relationship may may for some women require working on themselves. If you look at, you know, the first 
example of a romantic relationship, it's actually our parents. So mm-hmm. you know, if we grow up in in a toxic environment where our parents, you know, don't treat each other very well, or you know, infidelity happens, or you know, certain things happen, sometimes, you know, it in the back of our minds we feel maybe this is what to expect. This is what you know, relationships are out there. Again, our parents are like mini gods to us. Yeah. And, you know, the things that we pick up and what we internalize, it's absolutely fascinating what comes up, even without us, you know, realizing. So if if anyone can clear something before they get into a relationship, it's their childhood issues. Mm-hmm. You know, if, like, if, even if you don't work on your you know past traumas with exes just work on this <laughs> you know the the anything you picked up from your parents as a child up to let's say teenage years if you're able to clear this i think you'd be relatively okay <laughs> relatively yes i think so <laughs> relatively okay because um you'll be surprised that how we repeat the same dynamics that or even if they're opposite, but they're the same dynamics that we um, observed with our parents. Mm-hmm. You know, someone who, um, let's say, have witnessed infidelity in their home, whether from the father or the mother, may themselves become, you know, like a cheater themselves, or they will attract a cheater. Yeah. And I've seen this a lot. You know, um, someone, you know, a lot of women would, come in and say well you know of like all the men I'm dating they're just so unavailable they're closed off and then I'll just ask her about her parents (laughs) (laughs) and and then we'll explore and explore and I'm like does this remind you of someone and nine times after ten it's exactly what her father (laughs) is like (laughs) and and some of them would be like I actually I went out of my way to attract someone who is not like my father. And like, it didn't take long for him to become my father. And I don't know how that works. I'm like, it's vibration. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you haven't healed that trauma. And you attracted, and it's weird, we attract people who would awaken the trauma because it needs to be healed. Yeah, it's crazy. It is, yeah. And, you know, it, it's like, our triggers are indication of the work that needs to be done. Mm-hmm. So if you work on, let's say, someone has anger issues related to something, and they heal the root cause of you know, why they get triggered, they will notice after a while, like it, these things that make them angry may not come into their lives or they just don't notice it, or it just, it doesn't even register. Hmm. So, yeah, like your trigger is, can be a gift to you as well. Um, if, you know, if you're spiritually open and inclined to just, like, um, have more perspective of, you know, how you work. Um, yeah. In different aspects, yeah. Yeah, and finding out who you really are. You know, yeah, finding out who you really are, and a lot of people are afraid to figure out who they are mm-hmm. because they're afraid of what will come up. 
and you know and, and a lot of people don't think they're good people or you know they're deserving of yeah like I know things you know they, they feel as if they're inherently bad and like they need to be punished for something and it's absolutely incredible you know um I took someone through she did believe this she she believed that she like something is wrong with her and then therefore she doesn't deserve anything good in life and we actually traced this all the way to um memories in her mother's womb like she she absorbed <laughs> she absorbed this from her own mother whoa so you know with with the spiritual work and um like i i do this other modality belief coding you know you trace you trace the issue someone has to the first trauma that took place. And for a lot of people, trauma takes place in their mother's womb. Because you think of it, you know, you're the most vulnerable in your mom's womb. Mm -hmm. And from a scientific perspective, I tried to explain this to my husband. <laughs> uh, you know, like, I worked on like this memory in the womb. And he's like, yeah, that's really stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, all right. Let's let's talk um, science. So let's say your nervous system as a fetus would be influenced by what's happening around you. And somehow even your nervous system in that stage can detect something wrong happening with your mom. And therefore, you know, if your nervous system can store that you're not safe, that, you know, something is not right, mm -hmm. it will stay with you. And actually, that is massive for a fetus because it's, yeah. you know, like I can't compare it to something us adults can experience. That um, makes and, a lot of sense. Yeah. A lot of people, I'm sure, real well, don't realize that we can actually make memories in the womb so that makes yeah. a lot of sense actually because babies can feel everything they can also hear i think outside and everything too i know it's probably loud in there but i think they're able to hear things as well especially the mom it's time for a short commercial break so i have some questions for you do you need to improve your knowledge about how money works are you sick of workplace drama are you someone who likes helping others would making extra money help you do you have a why? If you answered yes to these questions, I'm looking for you. I want driven individuals to join me in financial services. New leaders, new friends, and humans who just want to be around other like-minded humans. Most importantly, someone willing to show up for themselves and do whatever it takes to get ahead. Is that you? If it is, go book a Zoom call with me today using the Calendly link in the description of this episode and share this with anyone you know that can answer those questions just like you did. I can't wait to meet you. Yeah, they, you know, they they taste what the mom tastes. They're, they're kind of one with the with their mother. And they feel things, you know, mm -hmm. they feel pain. And, you know, I think there were scans of babies almost crying in the womb, like, in, you know, not a fetus, but, you know, when, when they reach a certain stage. So they're like a mini human in there. Mm -hmm. They're experiencing life in there and things do affect them. Um, 
but yeah, like tracing the traumas to where it started and clearing it begins to clear a lot of um, the negativity that we store, you know, in our bodies um, and um, that create a lot of negative beliefs as well. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Um, yeah, I had like a period of a few years where I was attracting like the same person over and over one after the other. Yeah. It was crazy. And then all of a sudden I finally found somebody good. Cause I kept saying, I can't keep doing this universe. Like I can't keep doing this. This has to stop. I have to find somebody not like this. <laughs> and it happened finally. <laughs> So, like, what kind of dynamic did you have with your exes? Uh, lots have? lots of narcissism. Yeah. Each one was a narcissist and crazy in their own way. Yeah. So, like, one of the things I can say, narcissism, uh, narcissists are attracted to empaths. Hmm. But if you, like, I, and I see this a lot with women in the spiritual realm. You know, they're, they're very empathic and, you know, they want to help people and they're open and they have this innocence to them, you know, and then they attract the narcissist. And one of the reasons from a spiritual perspective, from what I've seen, we attract and I've, I've, I've had a number of narcissists. <laughs> um, um, we attract them because it, it, from one side we don't know boundaries really and narcissists find us really attractive because they don't know how to source what they need from themselves Mm -hmm. or from what I call the source so when you are like a spiritual person and you don't feel 100% you know most of us are inclined to meditate and connect to like God or source and just ask for this like healing and, and, and like divine energy to fill us up. Narcissists don't know how to do that. Yeah. So they're attracted to you because they know how to drain you from that energy to source it. So I guess I am more of an empath than been yeah. trying to figure out because I got a, a quiz like are you a are you telepathic are you an empath are you this are you that and I was reading all the descriptions and I was like mm, maybe more empath yeah so <laughs> yeah no, that makes sense now that was yesterday yeah. when I was reading all that so <laughs> and, and so if there so there's, there are two elements, you know, a narcissist is someone who is attracted to an empath. Crazy people we attract, and I and I had uh, some crazy people. <laughs> 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 I think I've had it all, you know, um, but like I swear, not a lot, but, you know, I, like I, I, I knew how to pick them in the past. Right. <laughs> um, but the crazy ones, sometimes we attract crazy partners. <clears throat> Because we think conventional love is boring. So so the love, like, you know, and I had this as a young person. I, I thought, you know, the type of love where 
people just sit around and just hang out and share a cup of coffee and they don't really talk that much to each other is like so boring what are you doing with your life yeah and I thought you know like the drama and the push and pull and all of those things is like you know it brings flavor and passion to a relationship more exciting <laughs> it's more exciting and and I think it's it's one of the things with creative people they don't like the boring mm-hmm. so they, they want excitement and sometimes attract crazy people because there's excitement. <laughs> yeah. And, and then when we uh, realize that, you know, we can still be creative people uh, and have some peace <laughs> and not be in crazy relationships, I think the dynamics uh, start to change. But then, um, like, with, with the women I work with, I always ask, like, go back to like your parents what was it like and like was one of your parents a narcissist was you know like was like what what's in there like was um did they have a stable relationship did they have a volatile relationship and just go back uh, because uh, some of the memories that we have as children they stay with us for the rest of our lives and like even us when we get into relationships and things happen you know a lot of women would ask how did I allow this to happen how did this even happen I'm Mm -hmm. a really smart person I have a lot of self-awareness I do meditate I connect to this divine source and I do all of those things like it's incomprehensible for me to put myself in this position and and a lot of women are successful across all areas of their lives, except for this one. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, with success in life is all about doing. So like with the example of the CV, it's all about um, getting a lot of boxes checked. And even if your mindset is not in the right place, if you do enough, you can still succeed. So we see people who are not, what ethically, you know, they still succeed in life and they make something of themselves and they succeed in the measure of like wealth and, you know, getting, you know, the material stuff in life. And sometimes even, you know, um, maybe getting the wife and, you know, all of the, the, the things people um, uh, need in life. But success in love is the complete opposite. It's not really about doing. It's about being. Yeah. So, yeah, it's about being open. It's about being receptive. It's about uh, being connected. It's about, you know, one of the powerful things women can do to attract love is actually not needed from someone else. And men can, men are more intuitive than we give them credit. You know, men, it's like I read this somewhere where they say a man Ha, like when a man enters your life, they have a plan for you. They know. <laughs> From the hmm, scary. <laughs> right. So like you go into a club, a man will look at you. And then intuitively he will know. Like this is someone I want to have a good time with. Or this is someone I can explore something with and see where things go. Or yeah. I don't, I, I want nothing to do with this person. So, 
yeah, they are intuitive and they do have that sense of, you know, like what this person is. And when women are in, um, like, a, in this vibration where they, I don't really need you to buy me a drink. I don't need you to sponsor my life or anything. I don't even need you to say nice things to me. You know, let's just connect and see where this goes. And if it doesn't go anywhere, then that's perfectly okay. Such a woman is so attractive energy-wise because, mm. you know, a man knows he needs to prove himself to this woman. And she doesn't need anything from him, you know, in that stage. And, and then the challenge for him is to figure out ways to make her feel as if she needs it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then when the relationship develops, yes, you know, we need each other, but not to fill up some void within. It's, yes. You know, the normal everyday life thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. And then touch on what you were talking about before we hit record um, about the X energy. Yeah, this this the uh, one of the things I've learned, I do this uh, modality, it's called Divine Union Alchemy. And it's a sequence of five different sections for like deep healing. And one of them is the psychic, um, psychic divorce from exes. And what happens with this practice is we look at um, there's a concept called energetic cords that develop when we are romantically involved with someone. And um, these cords can be connect the solar plexus to each other, connect the heart to each other, and then connect the sacral chakras to each other. And when you're connected to a narcissist, uh, the the cords between the solar plexus, both of your solar plexus can be a bit strong, and the same thing with the sacral uh, chakras. And that's how they find their way back to you. And one of the things that happened with a lot of women, as soon as they move to a new relationship and they move on from the narcissist, the narcissist comes out of nowhere to mess everything up for them. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's because of this, they know energetically speaking they realize you moved on your attention is no longer on them it moved somewhere else and they need that energy they need to take it from you so they come back and they keep coming back you know trying to mess up your life until you cut these cords and then you claim all of your power back um crazy story i like i had this narcissistic ex he was on a different level of narcissism <laughs> you know and I, I, it's really easy for me to forgive people you know like i i can rationalize things and forgive except for this person like i like i have really moved on but you know if something bad happens to them i will not be sorry like i really <laughs> but yeah with this person uh, <clears throat> like i've i've really like moved on and uh, like I met my husband and like we were dating and things were moving forward and all of those things. And it's been five years since like I've spoken to this ex and he sent me a text one month after we got married, right before Christmas. <laughs> and then he asked, 
so how are you doing? What's up? I was like, it's been five years. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> and you know, then I was like, well, you know, um, yeah, all good. I'm, I'm a married woman now. You know, I found someone to make an honest woman after me and things like that. And, you know, uh, yeah. And he's like, oh, fantastic. So what are your plans for tomorrow? Do you have time for a chat? No, dude. <laughs> It's like yeah, I've been looking everywhere for you. I couldn't find you. I was like, <laughs> it's because I blocked you from everywhere. I don't know how you found me on this app. <laughs> oh like my I god! I literally said that to him. I was like, I'm blocking you from everywhere you appear. And he's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Why do you keep blocking me? So, like, eventually, I block him from that app, and then, like, I move on. I'm like, this guy is crazy, and then I stumble up on the divine union alchemy and then i do the psychic uh divorce with exes and then like i was just doing it generically just cutting all ties with um anyone from my past and he showed up like in a vision he did show up and i'm like you know like what the hell do you want <laughs> why can't i get rid of you so he showed up in in this vision <clears throat> And I did the like the cutting of everything, just releasing him and uh, all of those things. And he never showed up um, again. So yeah, it does work. And sometimes, you know, sometimes it's one of those things maybe you have to do to like completely get rid of the energy of someone. And it it gets even worse when there's a lot of um, sexual entanglement with that person. Hmm. So there's a lot of um, um, the 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 like the cords between the sacral chakras of like you know the the female and the male. Sometimes these cords can be so strong they can actually make it difficult for um, like you know the the person who was in a relationship with a narcissist to actually be intimate with someone else because you're sexual essence is always being drained by that person and some women feel you know they're like the best uh, intimacy i've ever had was with this narcissist and then i can't like i'm i'm in, so in love with this person but then i can't it's not the same something is missing Interesting. and i'm not saying yeah i'm not saying in all cases but in some cases that's one of the reasons it's you know, they they want that sexual energy, and sexual energy is absolutely incredible. It just it vitalizes our body, it connects us to our creativity, our ability to you know um, just be in the flow of life. It's it's a beautiful energy that has been demonized, you know, by so many different um, well, schools of thought. I would say I, I don't want to yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if someone religious watching you know um yeah religions have been really weird with like you know sexual energy and sexuality but it's a beautiful energy that can be like harnessed for different things and um yeah with the psychic um divorce from exes sometimes you can claim all of your sexual energy back and just release them to you know to get their energy elsewhere um, that's cool yeah. that makes sense and yeah i feel like there are chords that are definitely made between you and another person 
especially mm-hmm. a narcissist, I feel like, because they're just powerful in their own way and how they are just manipulative. And for me, I feel like that has happened with two different people that I was with. And it's like, it feels like you're addicted to this person. It's the most crazy thing. It's like, you always want to be around them. You always want to like rush home after work or something. So I wonder if other people have experienced that because I definitely have. I read somewhere that relationships with um, like narcissists and psychopaths (laughs) in particular are amazing because it's this roller coaster of different things. Mm -hmm. And and it is addictive. Narcissists have this uh, tendency to love bomb someone. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. When they get into your life, they know how to get you to give your power to them. And the way they do it, they make you feel so special. Yep. Yeah. And then they keep taking it away little by little, little by little. (laughs) They play these games of like, why did you do that? You know, doing that, like, you're not a good person if you don't give me this and this and this. And And then you question yourself. And then, and then they plant these seeds, you know, slowly, and they know how to maneuver around to get what they mean. And if you like read in psychology books how narcissists are developed, it's the two end of the spectrums. It's either someone who was spoiled as a child and was uh, like showered with materialistic things, but not given the emotional nurturing that they need. So they feel entitled to certain things, but they don't know how to source that emotion, you know, the motherly love and, you know, those things. Yeah. Or some of them, uh, some people become narcissists because they grow up in very dysfunctional families. And, you know, it's just a lot of cruelty and a lot of abuse takes place. And then some people just shut down and, and then, you know, they they become self-centered because they 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 feel their survival depends on them getting, getting, getting. They're not able to give anything to someone else. Um, and then, you know, they they learn how to manipulate people to get what they need. Mm-hmm. And with partners, they're very crafty. Not as much with friends, as much as with um, uh, with romantic partners, because they know how to play your strings. Yeah, to get you know to, through the door, and then once they get there, they know how to you know, as I said, you know, plant these seeds of doubt, and then like destroy your life. <laughs> Pretty <laughs> much. Yeah, it's it is addictive. It's quite exciting. It's an exciting relationship. Yeah, there's there's an element of drama in the relationship. And then as an empath, you know, some of us like feel this desire to give. You know, some of us feel a lot of um like it's as if our calling to just give and nurture and help someone become better. Yeah. You know, and, and then and empaths. Right. Yeah, empaths. It's not a bad thing until it's, it is a really bad thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
until like we don't have boundaries and we just give unconditionally all the time to everyone and completely neglect ourselves. Yep. I totally get that. Yeah. Funny. I was talking to an angel reader a couple months ago and he asked them just like a general question, like what should I do next or whatever or something like that. And they said that I need to redefine my boundaries. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Redefining boundaries is very hard for women. When I work with women, certain things come up. So women, generally speaking, find it very hard to receive because we learn that things don't come to us from a place of flow and generosity without strings attached. Hmm. So so when you give a woman a compliment, I remember I, I gave this woman, uh, or like there was, yeah, this other incident, I um there was this discovery call. So like I'd met with this someone, with this woman, and we were just chatting. And then during our chat, bless her, she started crying. And then she recalled this really traumatic memory. So I was like, okay, fine, you know, let's let's explore this. So we went through a process during the discovery call, and then, you know, like she was able to feel the shift. And then we had, you know, our normal chat, and and then she's like, um, so how much? I was like, what do you mean? It was a discovery call. And she's like, but you did this work. I was like, no, it was a discovery call. And we did not agree on anything beforehand. But she said, but I felt a relief. I was like, not everything needs to have this monetary exchange to it. So why don't you consider it a gift? And she felt really uncomfortable. <laughs> I was like, I was like, look, I don't need anything from you. You don't need to become a client or don't feel obligated to be a client just take this as God taking care of you like orchestrating something to help you through this thing and just move on and she found it really hard because you know when we explored this uh, (laughs) you know we we did some work together she's like I find it really hard to just accept things and then I feel, what's the catch? What do they want mm-hmm. in exchange? So women find it very hard to receive and accept, you know, whether it's compliments, free things, um, like generosity, energy coming from other people. And, um, yeah, women find it very hard to say no. We went to this barbecue and someone, you know, was like a, big group of us and someone asked uh, this really nice lady you know is this can you do this or is this possible and then she she spent like 10 minutes explaining you know that she wanted to say no but she couldn't say no so so us women we have this thing where you can ask me something and I I would find it very hard to just say no Mm -hmm. I can't and and just be quiet I have to justify it and then to apologize and and, and make sure you don't feel bad. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And men men don't have that. Men will say, no, I can't. And then they'll just flip through different channels. (laughs) (laughs) And we don't feel guilty whatsoever, but we we do have this thing. And and that's one of the reasons it's very hard for us to set down, like, clear boundaries with people. Yeah. Feel as if. You know, we're being, am I being cruel? Am I, 
it's more people pleasing type of like actions and and mentality and then it, it comes from another place where we feel if the same thing if we are at the receiving end of someone just saying no to us we feel a certain way and that is some mm-hmm. that is a trigger to work on so if it's hard for you to say no because if someone else says no to you you feel rejected then you need to work on that um feeling of rejection like where is it coming from you know what tony robbins says rejection is god's protection <laughs> i love that yeah yeah, it, it depends on the rejection itself. <clears throat> like, yeah, I'll always ask, when did you feel rejected first in your life? And what does rejection look like to you? Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of power in asking, you know, some questions. Um, like, do you feel rejection when someone says no? And did that happen in your childhood? Like, did you get a lot of no's from your parents and then you interpreted that into neglect or something else? Or like where is everything comes from somewhere? And when you pinpoint that somewhere, it just everything starts to make sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I, I wish more people would do this work on themselves because I feel like Obviously, the play the earth would be a better place. Yeah, and if you they know? Can do this for themselves, so yeah, you know when when I went on this journey initially, like I did not want to die alone, <laughs> <laughs> and I really wanted my mom off my back. I like I had I had suitors who were like crazy, <laughs> but that's a different story. And then. Um, Initially, it was it came from a place of desperation and just wanting someone. And then as time went by, I actually gave up. Like I was like, it's not going to happen. So let me focus on other things in life. And then, and then came another time when I was like, but, I, but it would be nice to have someone. Uh, but the good thing that happened, you know, once I got that nudge, you know, like wouldn't it be nice to just be cared for by someone, you know, like someone carrying some of the burdens in life with me. And instead of jumping into a relationship, I actually started studying like the dynamics of men and women. How do we work? And then I went into self-development. I was like, well, it just from from my period, previous, my history with relationships, I think something is wrong with me <laughs> and I need to figure out what that thing is. So I started like reading in psychology and like a lot of self-help books. And then I got into energy work. So like I, I studied that as well, you know, the chakras and everything else. And then as time went by, I got really deep into other different, you know, other modalities. <clears throat> but when I met my, you know, my husband, um, I actually wasn't looking for a relationship per se. I was looking for partnership. I was looking for a man I can be friends with and then see what, what that friendship can become. And, you know, when we met, I didn't think it would last. 
because, you know, he was weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, you know, like, I was like, what is this man? Like, this is, he's really strange. <laughs> and, you know, but then things would happen. I would, I would be like, well, even if he's strange, let's explore this and see if it doesn't work out, we can be friends. Like, no attachment to an end result. He doesn't need to be anything. And then it slowly developed into like a romantic relationship and then into marriage and all of those things. Nice. But but yeah, it, it, like it was, the dynamics were, were completely different. And I think I thought it was a weird relationship because it was very different from previous relationships. He did not love bomb me. And, you know, he wanted his space. I was like, what is this man? And, you know, we come from different cultures as well. And I'm like, you know, like, I think the dating rules between our cultures, they're different. So, like, I need the manual. Because <laughs> 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 something is missing here. Uh, but then, yeah, it was um, it, like it, we took our time to get to know each other and to see no expectations of anything, you know, and no need for anything to happen. And that's how it, it did happen. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was it was a long journey, and um, I would love for women to just shorten that journey and like get rid of the you know the uh, energy of crazy exes, and then like heal the traumas from their childhood and just be comfortable with themselves, learn how to source. One of the things we did talk about is women learning how to source their own needs from this source because like mortal human beings we're all flawed and we can't be there we can't fill everyone's cup all the time and it's not fair to for us to be expected to fill everyone's cup all the time right but Let's say if both partners learn how to source their needs from this divine source, and then when they're together, they just radiate this love to each other unconditionally mm-hmm. and just like accept each other and not expect too much. Like I, I am tired today. My husband doesn't need to be my therapist or he doesn't need to be to comfort me because it. Like, I, I made this decision a very long time ago that he's not responsible for my happiness. Right. He's not. And, and no one is, you know. So if I'm unhappy, then that is my problem and my responsibility. If if I'm unhappy with something that he's doing, then it's my responsibility to communicate and say, well, this doesn't work. But expecting him to make me happy at all times it's really unfair. Yeah, and, and it's unrealistic. Me. It's unrealistic as well, you know. Um, yeah. So yeah, for for people to learn how to source their needs from this divine source, um, it's a very powerful thing, and it's I think it's one of the biggest services that we can do to ourselves as well. Yeah, definitely. So, mm-hmm. where can people find you? <laughs> so currently I'm um, uh, on Instagram and uh, my name is Inas um, what is underscore okay. uh, love alchemist 
Oh, love alchemist. <laughs> awesome. Do you have a website? I do have a website. Uh, I, I I haven't memorized it yet. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's under construction. So it's www.inas. Um, think underscore coaching.com. Okay. Yeah, I should have memorized my own website. <laughs> Try and uh, just link it on your Instagram because I can point everyone to your Instagram. Okay, awesome. Well, all that information will be in the show notes. And I hope everybody learned a lot because that was all very interesting information that I have not heard from anybody before. <laughs> um, yeah, thank you for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. And this has been really, really, you know, um, really interesting. And I've really enjoyed chatting with you and um, sharing all of this. Um, Same. I hope I didn't share too much about like, <laughs> <laughs> No, I think people probably learned a lot, you know, <laughs> about relationships. So yeah. watch those narcissists. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no narcissists. <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah. If someone love bounds you just be careful it's it's a big red flag oh yeah big red flag yeah. so, so. Yeah. but yeah <laughs> everybody you have a great day and enos i hope you have a really good night thank you absolute pleasure thank you yeah. for having me of course thank you <laughs> bye bye please like review and subscribe to this podcast and follow me on Instagram at Dana.Hernandez.Agent, as well as checking out our new website, GetSmartWithMoneyPodcast.com.